Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juzamma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and in Imitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. So, in this surah, when the Quran mentions that if people they don't understand Allah's, Allah's way properly, and then they should take a lesson from the history of Thamud. And why Thamud, especially? You know, one one reason because they are from Arab people, the Arab knew them properly. And second reason for, for mentioning Thamud is because you know. Uh, it was made very clearly by Saleh Salam that Allah Subhanahu has created this she camel uh, from, from the mountain and you know your water from where you, your animals drink one day will be only for the she camel and one day for your animals they could not keep this promise properly and one of their leader you know his name is uh, uh, and let me see his name and you know, his title is Ahmar but the name is Qudar Qudar ibn Salif Qudar ibn Salif, he himself, or maybe with other people as well, but he was the leader, he went and he killed the she camel. And that was the end actually. Then after three days, no doubt, you know, they have been they have been given three days, and then after the destruction happened, they have been destroyed. So the similarity between the story of Thamud and the story of people of Quraysh, because people of Quraysh, you know, they also enjoy the power as Thamud used to enjoy the power. And now they have got the messenger, Prophet Sallallahu instead of accepting the messenger, they want to kill him. They had conspiracy to kill him. So Quran is saying that you know understand properly be, you know, before be, being able to kill him, you will be punished as the Thamud and Thamud later were, later were punished. So and this is actually true when a messenger comes, if people don't re- re- receive him well and don't listen to him, then messenger will be protected by the people who disobey him and we oppose him, they will be destroyed. Quran says, Allah has written that me and my messengers, they must win. So that actually always will happen. And if people, you know, keep doing the killings, uh, you know, of the pious people, then no doubt destruction will come. That actually, that's why, you know, people say that, uh, you know, since because they could, uh, you know, Jews uh, could not kill Isa al-Islam, but they made effort to kill him. They actually did not, you know, the, the, that very similar to what Thamud have done to the, you know, to, to the Shi Kamil. And that was the end of the history of Bani Israel. Their effort, their, their planning, plotting to kill Isa Islam and Allah saved and protected him. That was the end of the history of Bani Israel, like Thamud. Because when Thamud, they killed the Sheikh Aimel, that was the end of the history. Then after that, no more chance. Similarly, for Bani Israel, Isa Islam was like Sheikh Aimel of, of the people. Once they, they made effort to kill Isa Islam, there are no more chance. And that actually similar thing happened to, to, to this Ummah as well. Like you know, can see that three companions, three caliphs have been killed one after the other. 
Umar al-Khattab that was killed, you know, Uthman was killed, and then, then after that, Ali the Latin was killed. Three of them killed, and people said the similarity is very clear to Bani Israel. So, like, you know, killing of Zakaria alayhi salam, like Umar al-Khattab was killed, he was killed while praying. Zakaria alayhi salam also was killed when he was in the prayer. So, very much similarity between Umar and between Zakaria alayhi salam. And Umar was killed by unbeliever, not by believer. So, that's why you can't, you know, make similarity with Isa alayhi salam. And then, Uthmar alayhi salam was killed, and his killing very similar to Yahya alayhi salam's killing. And then Ali Latan was killed, you know, as you can say, they made effort to kill Isa alayhi salam, and that's very, very similar. And, that, and, and also it is very similar to what, what, what Thamud has done. That's why there has come in hadith in Musanda Muhammad, the Prophet وسلم, said to Ali Latan that you are, you know, your example is like the people of uh, Thamud Ahmar. So uh, Ahmar, the, you know, he killed a uh, sheikh camel, you will be killed by, by the people similar to, 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 to those people. So the Prophet has made similarly between Ali al-Latranho and between, uh, between you know, the, the killing of uh, uh, the Shi Kaimel. After Shi Kaimel, there was no chance. And I can see, can see really, after the killing of Ali al-Latranho, the Khilafah finished. The Khilafah Alam in Haji Nubuwa and you know, on the path of the Prophet that people, people did not appreciate it. They killed Umar al-Latranho, they killed Uthmar al-Latranho, they killed Ali al-Latranho. And after that finished it. It came very briefly back in time from Umar Khattab, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, but it was not the same. Still, the family was very much influential. The real thing in your Khilafah Alam in Hajjah Nubuwa, that was last chance with Ali al-Latan. So there is similarity uh, you know, in this surah and also what happened uh, with the, the people could not kill the Prophet, وسلم, but they killed his successors. And killing of Ali al-Latan basically was the end of the Khilafah for this Ummah. You can see that so much effort has been to re-establish the Khilafah, but it never succeeded. Because, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deprived the people because of they know how much, you know, uh, uh, you know disrespect has been uh, to, uh, to that whole thing. So anyway, to that, keep in mind, these ten verses are from the nature, and five are from the history of the people. And the Quran, you know, keeps telling about, uh, you know, sun and moon, You know, the, you can see in Surah Shams, and Surah Layl, and Surah Doha, you know, there are so many reminding of the nature around us. The sun, and sun's light, light, bright light, light, the moon, the day and night, and so many other things, you know, creating people as make male and female, and all these things are reminder. So they are, you know, no doubt, really great uh, witness from Allah SWT. The truth of matter actually is that whatever Allah has created, it has, you know, many, many purposes. Some purposes we know and some we don't know. There are many, many things. There are many, many layers of information in this universe. And there are many, like you can see sometimes, you can see like tongue, it has more than one function. You know, people can see, you know, see, you know, similarly many things are last created. People can see they have more than one function. And this universe, you know, everything that you see, they are more than one function. In one way, you know, they are helping the human being. Because whatever you see on, on the earth, they're basically helping and supporting the human being. But on the other hand, they are great signs of, of Rububiyya of Allah They remind you of Allah They teach you about Him. And, and, and every single thing. But Allah only tells you, teaches you about the big thing. Like the day and night, sun and moon, all those things. Because they strike the mind of every single person. But otherwise, every single thing actually reminds you about Allah The Quran says, Every single thing. 
it glorifies, it reminds you what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single thing, even you think properly, they, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single thing like that. The Quran is making you know, this, uh, this qasam. And as I mentioned earlier so many times, the qasam in the Quran comes for the witness, for the proof. Like, well, qalam, wa pen, and whatever they write with the pen, they are proof, they are evidence that the Prophet is not a mad person. So whenever Quran makes a qasam, it is witness. So now these are, these are witness of these things. They are witness for more than one thing. The real thing here, Quran wants to mention jaza. You know, the reward will happen, the punishment will come. But that jaza is coming from one important aspect, that rububiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The way that this universe is made, you know, sun and moon and, you know, the earth and the sky and day and night, so they, they look, though they look opposite, to opposite things, and they are really so much different from each other. And, you know, and that's why some people think they are, you know, creator of all these things are too different. You know, like uh, uh, people in Iran, they used to think uh, that every good thing is coming from Yazdan and every bad thing comes from Ahraman. They used to have two gods, Yazdan and Ahraman. The god of Khair, that's Yazdan, and the and god of Shar, evil, is Ahraman. Because they think two different things. But the thing really, these two different things, opposite, how they are joined, how they are combined, how they reconcile, and how they make one thing. So day and night, they make one thing. You know, sun and moon, they help for the same purpose. So this unity, harmony among them. So they are differences, but then at the same time, harmony for a bigger purpose. So that tells you that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rububiyah is, you know, how he, he really to out, uh, look after the people, sustain them, and you know, uh, he, how he has made the harmony between the opposite things, that tells you. And then, in every all those things, there is you know, so much justice and, you know, and, and aspects of the Rahmah of Allah ta'ala. So that makes you to understand that if anybody corrupts the whole system, they are punished. Allah ta'ala has made the whole system in a balance, in a harmony, for a purpose. And if people come and they actually take out the good from the whole universe and they make the evil to prevail, they will have punishment. So Allah ta'ala has made the human soul and human soul actually has got the good and it has also ability to accept the evil. If people take out the good and they make the evil prevail, you know, it's going to against mercy of Allah Allah wants to do mercy and he wants to justice the people, then no doubt punishment will come for the people. So this, this, these verses from the beginning, on one hand, they are proof and evidence of the rububiyah of Allah And rububiyah implies that there must be justice and there must be mercy. And once there is mercy and justice, it also implies that people must follow his command. Because if the people don't follow his command, then they can make a disbalance or they can break the harmony among the things. If the people don't listen to him, the people must listen to him. So that actually also is the aspect of the uluhiyya. To rububiyya with the two important aspects, rahma and adl, rahma, mercy and justice, and then uluhiyya, obedience. And then this surah implies if people don't listen to him, don't obey him, then the punishment must come. And that actually is the key thing for what purpose the Quran has mentioned the story of people of Thamud. So you can see how it is all connected. Rububiyyah with Rahma and Adl and then Uluhiyyah. And Uluhiyyah also implies there must be Rasala. How can you obey your Lord unless you know his message? And, he, you know, and since he is merciful, no doubt he will teach you his message. So Rasala is also part of the Rahma. You can see Rasala is also part of the Rububiyya. So people cannot obey him unless they know his message. 
and now the message has come clearly if people don't obey him don't listen to him and don't, don't keep justice properly don't give balance and harmony then no doubt the punishment will come and one is important aspect uh, from this thing actually is uh, that allah the one who gives everything always keep remembering he also can take away always think properly if allah has god allah has given every single thing for a purpose benefit from that thank him and you will be successful if he gives you something and don't use it properly then he can punish you and he can take away from you know allah has given two eyes to think to to see but eyes are there and you fall in in the hole knowingly you know it's not thanking him you're going to destroy and kill you allah has given all the faculty the mind and thinking reasoning properly a re- revelation is there what he what he expect from us is that we listen to him and obey him if we don't do then he can take away understand this is properly this universe every time tells you this story people get the wealth and money they don't appreciate they don't thank allah subhanahu wa taala he takes away from them people get many abilities they don't appreciate they are deprived of that you can see there are so many nations in the world they were have been rich now they are poor and there are many other nations who have been poor but now they are rich if they don't appreciate that don't don't thank allah subhanahu wa taala one day he'll take away from them now we people in in, in this country we are living in a, in in peace and we are having in you know, a proper food and eating and drinking and money and all those things. everyone enjoying the life and there are people in the world like syria you can see now good exa- you know, example you can see in syria there are muslims n- no peace and there are people doubt dying out of hunger you can see there allah subhanahu wa taala who has given us this all thing not because we have got any special relation with him no relation he has given us all this peace and the food and money to test us if we thank him if we obey him he will increase if we don't obey him then we must learn properly we will have same ending as those people there is no difference between us and those people allah subhanahu has no special relation with us he's very very clear in the history of the mankind when people don't thank him he take away his he takes away his blessing his rahma the way is when you get a blessing thank him wamma bi ni'mati rabbika fahaddith you get the blessings you get the favor from allah subhanahu taala you do prayer fahaddith basically means the prayer because you know you get a favor from allah subhanahu taala you do the prayer because the prayer is we are thanking high prince in the most comprehensive way because in the prayer you use your tongue you use your body you use your mind and heart so the most important way to thank allah subhanahu taala is the prayer allah subhanahu taala has given actually unique gift to believers and that is the five times of prayer they are the best way to thank him so if people pray five times properly and listen to him properly thank him properly with full heart of prayer properly with the tongue with the body with the mind and the heart if the people do properly then allah subhanahu taala said lain shakartum la azidannakum if you thank me i will increase my favor so this also another message from this surah is that when people thank appreciate what allah has given them allah keeps increasing them and if they don't thank him they should learn allah can take away those things from you know now we just assume you know i was thinking that you know, we assume that we go home and eat dinner and the rest that every day our life but the people in syria and many other places they also used to have life like us coming home and with family and resting and you know nice food now do you think like that every single moment many people have fear that when they are going to die 
when they can be killed, when the children will be killed. They don't have food. They don't know what to do. No peace. They can't sleep properly. They used to have peaceful life like Lakasa Syria was much more because I have been there before, uh, you know, when before all those things. And actually, it's so peaceful that in, in Damascus, people did not lock their doors. You know, I was staying in, in, in a flat. People said, don't need to lock anything because nobody steals here. There's no thief around here. So peaceful. But now that's gone. You know, just imagine really all the things. Don't assume that things will remain like that. Nothing like that. In, in Mughal Empire in India, during Mughal Empire in India, you know, 300 years of Mughal Empire, such a powerful, you know, dynasty, you know, so much rich. But when Allah Subhanahu punishment came and the dynasty was, you know, and the rule was, you know, finished, what happens is the women, you know, these women from the royal family, the princess, they used to beg on the street of Delhi. They became bigger, beggars. They did not have enough clothes to cover their bodies. And many of them, they became prostitutes. They nothing to look after them. They are princes from the family of Mughal people. It was impossible for anybody to even to look any, at any of those women. Impossible. If you look at them, your eyes will be you know, basically uh, hurt. You know, you will be so much punishment. But those women, they, they used to walk in Delhi as the beggars. That's what happened. We really don't understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands the system properly. There is no ruler in this universe other than Allah. There is no master other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everybody is being used. So we should not be trusting in the empires and the state and the system. All the systems, all the states and all the power, they are slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When his command comes, anything can happen. We don't understand. Things in the morning, peace, in the evening, peace, peace has gone. In the morning, people have nice life. In the morning, in the evening, it is gone. That how Allah's command, when Allah's command comes, anything can change. This whole universe is only established on the command of Allah. He says, Be, it is there. Whatever He commands, that will happen. That is nothing actually. He creates and He commands. And everything moves because of His command. So the Quran says, By the sun and by the rising brightness of the sun. You know, when the sun is rising, no doubt, you know, then after, after five, six hours of the rising of the sun, the sun becomes much, much brighter, especially, you know, if you are in the Middle East and that part of the world, the time of the Doha, it's a time when the sun is very, very bright and it keeps remaining bright until the midday. To so that time, actually, you can say, three, four hours after the sun rises until the midday, that is a time called Doha, when the sun is very, very bright, you know, moving to come bright. So, Quran says, the sun and in rising brightness of the sun and by the moon when the moon follows the sun and that happens at, you know, in the first 10 nights uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when the sun uh, of the month the first 10 nights of a month you can see immediately after the, after the day the moon follows moon comes then after that you know, moon can be delivered in the beginning moon comes from from, from very beginning so the and by the moon, when the moon follows it. And by the day, when the day reveals the glory of the sun. When the day comes and they make you know, the glory of the sun. Everybody can see the sun properly. And by the night, when the night comes and the covers, uh, you know, hides uh, the sun. Night comes and hides. And the sky and how he had made it. The Quran has changed the style here. You know, there are difference of opinion about, about how to make the structure. And this one I, I prefer what they call in Arabic languages, maiz, 
مصدریہ تو منک و سمائے و بنائے ہی ایاہا دسن دا اسکائی این ہاو اللہ ہیز میڈ دا اسکائی ہاو ہی بلٹ اٹ تو و سمائے و ما بناہا والارض و واطحاہا این بائی دا ارض این ہاو دا اللہ ہیز اسپریڈ اٹ انہوں میڈ اٹ انہوں ویڈ در پیپل کن لیو آن دیٹ سو اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی دیز آر یو کن سی فائیب سکس ورسد اباو دا نیچر دن آفٹر دیٹ دیر فور ورسد دی آر فرام انسائد دا ہیومن بینگ نفس آف ہیومن بینگ تو دیٹ وی کن سی دیٹ قرآن آر سمٹائم ہیز آیات الافاق آر سمٹائم قرآن ہیز آیات الانفس آر دن قرآن ہیز آر سو ہیز انو آیات آف دا ہسٹری آف دا بین کانی وقائع سو فرسٹ قرآن میشننگ دا سائنس ویچ آر ان دا نیچر Then the Quran is mentioning the science which are inside the human being. And then the Quran is mentioning the science of Allah in the history uh, you know, in, 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 of the mankind, the past of the mankind. See, these all are ayat of Allah ta'ala, the nature. And then again, and the Quran itself is ayat. Uh, you know, uh, to people need really to read this. Because when we are grown on this universe, you know, we don't think properly. Because whatever you see every day, you don't notice it. You know, imagine had there been no sun, and suddenly a sun appears. What will happen? It will be the biggest day for everybody's life to see something new, uh, amazing. Now if a new sun comes further up in the universe, what will happen? You know, people are amazed. Then how Allah SWT made this universe? You know, think everything properly. So Quran reminds, Quran strikes the mind. Quran's way always actually is not to bring you new sign, but Quran wants you to think properly. That's how it is actually. The people's way is not, it, it's not that you, know, you need new science. You just need to rethink, thinking properly. The signs are enough. What Allah has created, actually, there are enough science for the people to understand his rububiyya, that he rub of the people, there's enough science. But you need to think. People need to have this deconditioning. Because, you know, when something happens all the time, you become conditioned with that. So people need deconditioning. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to strike the mind, you know, make you to think properly. You know, look, there was no sun. He made the sun. There was no duha, no, no this brightness of the sun, nothing was there. He made it. Look at that. And then after that, you know, it's followed by, by the moon. And then also look properly again, you know, you know how Allah made the night and how he made the day. You know, and, 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 and then the Quran, Quran says that And then it's both actually, there are two opposite things. You can say sun and moon, they are not the same. Two opposite. Day and night, they are two opposite things. They are not the same thing. But at the same time, they cannot fight each other. No. They have to listen to the Creator. No, you can see that two different opposite things. You can think really that two, two different creators. No. But the way they, the, their harmony is, it makes you to realize there must be one who controls them. The sun cannot fight the moon, and moon cannot fight the sun. Day, day cannot fight the night, and night cannot fight the day. They can't do. Quran says, Sun cannot get, the moon cannot catch the moon. It's impossible for the night to leave the day behind. Impossible. Night will come on its time. And day will come on its time. So, according to Zawjain, Allah made the pair. Why? To think properly. They are two different, but at the same time, <coughs> they serve the same purpose. Why? Because Allah is the Rabb. He is the one who controls them. He was the one who makes from two opposite things at one thing which is useful for everybody. So coming of the day and night is so useful for the people. Coming of the sun and the moon, rising of the sun and moon, so useful for the universe. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the whole system. 
So that actually is the great sign of rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that how has made the, all those things. And then at the same time, in you know, Allah the mercy, that rububiyyah means that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala merciful, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give you every single thing from such a sophisticated, complicated system, sun and moon, day and night, and then you get all the benefit from that. So that is, you know, rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then at the same time, you know, justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That everything is put properly. Nothing can actually move from, from the place where it is, has been put. So after understanding these few things, that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the earth and everything to, to live properly, then Quran says, I know these things actually have been coming in the Quran many times. I don't want to detail. There was Samaya Mawaraha, how the Quran, Allah has built the, in the sky and how He fit you know, the stars and moons and all those things inside that. It has been mentioned so many times in the Quran and how Allah has spread the, the earth so plants can grow and people can eat and animals can eat. You know, all those things Allah SWT brought from that. Basically, when the Quran mentioned this thing, Quran mentioned all the mercy of Allah around that. So you look in the sky and whatever in the sky. Look on the earth and whatever grows from the earth. So you see Allah the mercy, Rububiyya, Rahma, and his other properly. And then the Quran says, wa sawaha. And then look on yourself. And soul, and how he has formed the soul. How he made the soul. You know, how he has made the human being, human soul. The Quran mentioned the nafs, soul. Not the body because that was the real thing actually, the, all the thinking, understanding, you know, love and the hatred, everything actually from the soul, you know, from the soul or from the heart of the people. The Quran is saying, wa nafsim wa ma sawaha, you know, at the, you know, heart of the people or soul of the people and how Allah SWT has formed them. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا And then Allah has uh, inspired فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Then Allah SWT has inspired the heart what is, what is, you know, taught, taught the heart or taught the soul what is bad for it and what is good for it. فُجُورَهَا Fajr يَفْجُورَهَا means when you open something. In Arabic language, whenever, you know, basically the simple thing, Arabic language remains on its true nature, you know, mostly. Not every single thing, but mostly it is there. So one of the things is because, you know, you know, fa, when you say word fa, you open your mouth. So all the words that our Arab people have, you know, starting with the, with the fa, it always have the meaning of opening. You can see in Arabic language, fataha, to open. Fasaka, you know, faraja, anything that you have in Arabic language, fa, it always have the meaning of opening. Because you know, start with that. So similarly, fajara. So fajara means opening, but this is not opening, it's you know, easy opening. It is basically opening with the effort. Like that curtain, you tear it, that fajara. So you know, the opening that happened in fajara, that is not actually opening, you know, just easy, with easiness. It really comes with a big effort, like fajr, you know, when the fajr happens, you know, sun comes and, you know, coming of the light of the sun, you know, opens and becomes dark, it removes the darkness, a big effort, it has been removed. So similarly, you know, this uh, fajr, fajr basically is, The word fujur means, fujur basically means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the mankind as I mentioned earlier, the fitra, uh, uh, you know, right fitra. You know, and to get the evil, you basically, there is a curtain between you, between your heart and between the evil. To get the evil in your heart, you need to tear the curtain. 
you need to. Fujur, that why Fujur basically evil. That evil which comes after the effort. Meaning is evil comes after the effort. What is natural for the people actually is the piety, the fear of Allah Taala. But people make effort to become evil. And when you make effort to become evil, to get the evil, then come to the piety, it takes mujahada, it takes effort. It's not easy. So that's why the people who actually who never allow the evil to their, to their heart, for them to follow the right path is always easy, like Siddiqeen. Siddiqeen are the people who are always on the true nature. So for them, the way of the piety is so easy. Similarly, for example, you, know, you can see many things in your life where you are right, don't do anything wrong. You can say it's so easy to walk, walk on that path. But when we make a change our habit and we get the evil, then changing the evil becomes effort. Because we really had, you know, gained the evil from the effort. So fujur basically means that. Fujur means they tear the curtain between you and the evil and you get the evil. Now it is not easy to get it back. Now you have to make the curtain again. And to make the curtain, build the curtain between you and the evil makes effort. And that actually effort comes from where? From taqwa. Fear of Allah ta'ala. So what taqwa, this fear actually makes you to repair the curtain. When you remember the fear of Allah ta'ala, then it makes you to be away from the evil. But taqwa is very, very important. Taqwa basically the best weapon to repair all the tearing that you have done of your curtain of the piety. So the taqwa comes and makes you nearer to Allah ta'ala. So fujur and taqwa both are inspired to the people. To initially people are created on the Iman and Islam, then there curtain between them and between the evil. And they have ability to tear off the curtain. So they remove the curtain and the evil comes. And they can receive the evil. But after that they also have ability to remove the evil and again become pious. And most people are like that. You know, not very few people who are like Ambiya and Siddiqeen. For Nabi, you know, their party is so strong that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually sent a message to them. And Siddiqeen are those who never have you know, this, this problem of the evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps them. So anyway, inshallah, that may be in the harm of Fujur and Taqwa. I'll explain later on, inshallah, more in detail. And if you have any questions, please ask. Can, can you say it louder? Yeah. 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 So it basically there are hadith, it's Thalathun Sana, 30 years. So 30 years they end with the killing of Ali al So that's the hadith. The Khilafah will be up to 30 years after me. So that hadith is there. After Ali al Could be, could be when Mahdi al-Islam comes, when Isa al-Islam comes. Yeah, but that could be when Isa Islam comes. Yeah, because that's another, another, another chance for the people anyway. That another good thing will come. For this Ummah, generally, because after Ali, you can see what happened in history. 
to our Isa Islam's coming, that's a different matter anyway. Isa Islam's coming is to basically not only Isa Islam's coming is more 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 like Nu al Islam's Safina thing, like a re rebirth of the uh, of the humanity basically. It is not the same thing. It is so much destruction. People, it is like a new thing. So humanity basically reestablishes itself, and then after that, you know, after that, no chance. So up to Isa al-Islam, we don't have any proof or anything really. There could be good kings, pious kings like Muhammad like Umar al-Aziz In India, we have got Aurangzeb and all those people, Salahuddin Ayyubi There can be pious kings, but the things really certainly on that path, we don't have any proof until Isa al-Islam comes. So no doubt we should make effort. But anyway, at the end of the day, this is basically only inferring from the Quranic verse and from the Hadith in Musa Ahmad when the Prophet make a simile between Ali and between you know, the killing of Ahmad Thamud. That's simile, but you know, there could be more than one understanding of that, that matter. But this is how I understand that you know, until Isa Islam comes, you know, the Khilafah in that term, is there no Khilafah. He is the one who is going to, no doubt, restart again some everything. No, we should work. We should bring pious people. No doubt. You know, this is not for that, that not thing. We should really make effort for this. No doubt. We should make effort to make because you know, bringing new system, good system is always obligatory on the believers anyway. But you know, always working for perfection, that's not necessary. That's the problem. Actually. We people always think you know perfection. Perfection is never required. That is always very hard. What will be actually the world will be imperfect, and we have to work in that imperfect world as best as possible. So perfection is never never required. Do you have any questions? Oh. Um, just, just, uh, explain the difference between in fi'al and fi'al. Yeah. You know what means doing. And in a result of the failure, like for example, you say in Arabic language, kasara, kasartu, kasartu, fan kasara. I broke something, then it was broken. In fi'al comes a result of the action. In fi'al itself is not action. So sometimes it could be that people get what is similar to the result, but not real action. So for example, when people read the Quran properly with the fair understanding, it could be that people start crying and you know, people and when people act when people worship Allah you know the, like the, the prayer they get a happiness you know uh, 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 that can happen that a real infial which comes as a result of the fial but if people have no action no piety no no reading of the quran no understanding of the quran no prayer and then just get in a mood certain mood that infial without the fial so, quran does not want to create infial quran wants to create fial in the people if people have, you know, no mood, nothing, but they obey Allah properly. He commands you to pray. In the morning, you don't enjoy that. Nothing. You don't enjoy. You actually feel every single time. Until, you know, if somebody lives 100 years of his life, and every single prayer he does, he really makes a struggle. That's fine. You know, some people could be that after five years prayer, the prayer becomes hybrid. They enjoy that. But somebody keep praying all the life and never enjoys, they know as long as he obeys Allah and his messenger, that's enough. We need fi'al, we does not not necessarily need infial. If infial happens, that is you know, maybe from favor of Allah, but that's not from us. But just having infial without the fail, that's not from Islam, that's not from the Quran, that just people become in the mood. Many, many Sufi people, what they do really, they create a mood. 
So what happens is you come in that assembly, they will say something or they will recite certain poetry, so people become certain mood. So people think this is piety. That mood is not piety. That's just a mood. When you leave, the, the mood is gone. The piety is obedience. So if people don't learn how to obey and his messenger, they have, don't, don't have piety. So our emphasis always is on the fi'al, not in the fi'al. Do, and you know, what, what will happen, Allah, Allah knows the best. The way should be always maqam. You know, do firmness, you know, ibadah, taqwa, piety, halal and haram. This is maqam. This thing, what hal actually, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can see in Sufi gathering, people have, you know, a poetry, and the hal comes and people fall down, and this happened, that happened. That hal, that hal actually never required, and the companies never had those hals anyway. So we need maqam, not the hal. We need af'al, not the infi'al. Is it clear? Rahmatihi, fabidalika, falyafrahu. So, Quran has once Quran said, Don't be happy, and once Quran said, Be happy. The difference Quran does not want people to be happy with what Allah has given to them, but Quran wants them to be happy what they do. Meaning, is if you do ibadah, then think it is real favor of Allah, then you should feel happiness. Obedience of Allah should make you happy. But if you become rich, and you become happy that I'm so rich and I uh, become arrogant. That's very dangerous because that is not your action, not your contribution. That Allah has made you rich. Anything that comes as the rububiyah of Allah Taala, always thank Him and always you know recognize His favor. You don't need to you know arrogant or you know, don't need to be proud. So you know like many people say, I'm proud of my child, my son. That's very dangerous. What actually people should be happiness could be some when people do ibadah. When people, you know, if you go for the prayer in the Fajr, you feel happiness that Allah has given me tawfir. He guided me to do Fajr prayer in the Jama'ah, in the Masjid. So that, but I still, you know, don't, we don't know really whether Allah has accepted or not. So some happiness, but keep working. That happiness should make you to work more and more, but don't become arrogant. So that is so happiness which is come because you are rich or because you are handsome or attractive or, you know, something like that. That happiness is dangerous. But the happiness which comes after Iman Islam, you know, in the heart, the third piece, you know, that's a good sign as long as it actually makes you to become more pious. You know, you know, obedience is actually not easy. The only thing really what I do myself is, I always think that I am slave of Allah and I have no choice but to obey Him. So I'm not a master of my body and my, my sleep. I'm a slave. The only thing actually I always think really. And when you do, then you feel happiness really, once you do. You know, before going for the Fajr prayer, you feel difficulty. But once you have done the prayer, you feel happiness that Allah actually made you to do this right action. Always happen, you know, good, good actions before doing, it is a struggle. But after you have done, you feel peace. Uh, but force yourself, there's nothing really. Like in, in this world, anything you want to do, you have to force yourself. If you want to study, you have to force yourself. If you want to earn money, you have to force yourself. If you want to become pious, you have to force yourself. If you want to wake up for the prayer, you have to force yourself. Understand that, if, you know, I, I, I don't have any choice. Simple thing. Allah has made it obligatory, I must do it. That's why religion is ita'a. Why you can say many of these Sufis, they don't teach you ita'a. What they teach actually is mood. 
So when there's no mood, you don't do. But if you learn really that you are slave and you have no choice but to obey him, that is spirituality, the real spirituality. Then basically you, you really become stronger. Then nothing can stop you. But when you become slave of the mood, mood goes, your party is gone. We want really a party you know, based on the obedience, on the of Allah and his messenger. And that actually is remaining. That's why the Quran says, Istaqim, fastaqim kama umirta. What is your word? Fal Hamaha. Yeah, I'll explain inshallah later on more, inshallah. You know, that okay, that okay after, now it is break time, so after, after the break, inshallah, I'll explain that more. Hmm. Yeah, I said I will explain that later on, but Fal Hamaha means then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the soul. What is good for it and what is bad for it? Fa'alhamaha, fujuraha, wataqwaha. He inspired the soul, what is bad for it and what is good for it. It knows properly that what is good for it and what is bad for it. So it has got this initial iman in, inside. It really knows the dirt, what is dirty things, what are you know, good things for it. The heart is not blank. Understand this. Some, some people, the heart is blank, it can accept anything. It is not like that. Heart has something, it has got iman already. It has got Hanifiyya. So it is ready to accept Arububiyya of Allah. It is ready to accept Iman and Islam. We'll take some uh, online questions and we'll be back, inshallah. Is it possible for people to have different experiences and insights but to the same ayah after they apply the teachings of the Quran? Is it possible what for people? Is it possible for people to have, the, have different experiences and insights into the same ayah? Yeah, no doubt really. Because you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, mercy and you know, his givings and rahmah and his you know, gifts to the people are so much you know, unlimited. So no doubt people get you know, things. But the thing really is that insight should be properly directed by the Quran and by the Sunnah of the Prophet Any insight that comes to, to the heart of the people from any verse, uh, without understanding the verse properly in the light of the Arabic language properly, that's not insight. One should be very, very careful. One should not just you know, read the Quran and translate the Quran and get insight. First thing is, learn the Quran properly, what it means, and then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps you to understand more by your practice and action. That's fine. But without knowing the language properly, it can be misleading. You know, the, all the mankind, they are khulafa. But, you know, you know khilafa basically had two, uh, two parts of meaning. One meaning is, you know, rule, authority. And the second thing is authority, a kind to the command of Allah. Because khalifa, khalifa means somebody who was appointed by someone. The khalifa means successor. So khalifa has got authority and khalifa also has obligation to, to obey the one who has given the authority. 
So sometimes the word Khalifa is used only for the meaning of authority, meaning the people will, the human being, they are Khalifa on the face of the earth. If they obey the power of Allah, obey his command, so they are proper Khalifa. But otherwise, no doubt they have got authority anyway. They can use it they can properly, they can misuse it properly. In that sense, every ruler and every king is also Khalifa, because he has got authority. But what is obligatory is that this Khalifa, he must follow the command of Allah properly, the one who appointed him as a Khalifa. Yeah, when you can see really, you know, for example, the people who fast in the month of Ramadan, always it is so easy for them. But those who don't fast any one single day, it becomes too difficult for them. People who protect their eye all the time from the evil, and they walk on the path, it's so easy for them. They walk on the road, they don't have a problem. And people who don't use their eye properly, they misuse, and you know, they can set to, for them to control the eye, it is so, so difficult. People who don't drink, it is so easy, they never don't feel really. The most people who don't drink, they have no feeling of, they, they, they are missing anything. But those who drink, then you stop them from drinking, you know, it is a struggle. The people who don't smoke, they have no struggle. And the people who smoke, and then you ask them not to smoke, they struggle in that. People who pray, usually, it becomes their habit, though it is not very good, I think in Islam it's just a habit, more, we should have more that, but it becomes easier for them. For people who don't pray, it is difficult for them. Every time when people actually involve in any evil, to come back to the right path is always difficult. You know, it's much more a struggle. So, you know, Al-Arab Baida is those who have been destroyed. Al-Arab Araba is the pure Arab who remain after that, their descendants. And Al-Arab Musta'arab are those Arabs who are mixed. They basically are descendants of Ismail al-Islam and people, you know, those who are settled in Makkah al-Mukarramah around that, you know, because their genealogy is mixed. So Ismail al-Islam's mother, you know, she is from, from Egypt. Uh, and you know, Ibrahim Islam, his father, no doubt, you know, is coming from the uh, ancestral uh, Arab tribes. So anyway, to, uh, basically, now the Arabs, they are called Al-Arab Al-Musta'arab. They are Arabized Arabs. So, you know, they, yeah, Arabized Arabs. So they are basically, maybe some, there are Arab Arab, there could be some tribes around here. But people in Hijaz, they are Al-Arab Al-Musta'arab, Arabized Arab. Sorry? Yeah, you know, that's very difficult really to decide. Uh, you know, nafs actually is the main thing, and the body has been given like a covering, like clothes for that. But actually, how nafs differs from the soul and all those things, it really was not very difficult to explain. Many people think the Quran used nafs in the meaning of the soul itself. Uh, so, it could, but anyway, nafs basically means that soul which know, receives the command, knows the good, knows bad, and all those things. Ruh, which brings the only life, that's ruh. But nafs is more than that. You know, with the soul and acting, understanding, thinking properly, making the body move to so that is basically like inner part of the, uh, of the body, which, with, which where actually all the understanding and thinking, everything, everything belongs. So nafs could be more than, more than uh, ruh.
what is the meaning of the word Faalhamaha? Does it mean caring? But you said you will come back to it. Yeah, Ilham means like a teaching, inspiration to teach. Faalhamaha. Yeah. Fa means then. Ilham. Ilham means inspiration. So why is it uh, used as caring in some translations? Caring? Caring. Oh, I don't know. Uh, ilham means just uh, you know, teaching without any uh, natural means. That ilham means to teach, teach people yeah. directly. That's ilham. Like a, like a revelation. Oh. It is similar to that. Right. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made in this inspiration in the heart of people. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more. Subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.